Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor of the train, Anthony Smith. That's right. This train is building up ahead of steam each and every day that we are on. So what I want you to do is grab your ticket, get on board, enjoy the ride. This train is going to take you on a journey, turn some corners, and maybe pick up a few passengers along the way. So what do we have on tap for today's episode? Even I don't know that. So the best way to find out is tune in and enjoy the ride of the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. And we're about ready to get this train on the track. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. That's right. Do I have a lot to get into? I mean, there is so much going on. We got national title game coming up on my Yes, I'm actually going to talk about a little bit of the mainstream. Of course, you know I'm going to be talking about some HBCU stuff because there's always something going on. Whether it's on the field or off the field. Yes, there are some things going on off the field that are not sports-related that I definitely have to get into. I'm going to even talk a little bit of Jim Harbaugh and get some thoughts on what even, believe it or not, Colin Cowherd said. Believe it or not, the clips I have, what he said, actually made a lot of sense. And potentially, I have a guest calling in. If not... I'll pick up a guest. You know me. I'm not going to just pick up somebody from the top of the dime. But it is the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast with yours truly, Anthony Smith. So as I always say, grab your tickets, get on board, put your seatbelt on, enjoy the ride, enjoy the journey because you never know which direction this train is going. One thing is for sure, we will always stay on the track. So let's get things going. Well, I'm back at you. Glad to be with you. Last time I was on, I had a short podcast, but I had a lot to say in that little bit of time. Uh, Grateful to be back with you again. It is the weekend. And one of the things that I actually want to do is I want to talk about Jim Harbaugh. Now, why would I take the time to talk about Jim Harbaugh? What could I possibly be saying about Jim Harbaugh? Well, as you know, Michigan just recently wrapped up their season, getting it handed to them pretty handily by Georgia, which is why we have Georgia versus Alabama. So we're going to see the SEC title game part two. Only this time is for all the marbles, the national title. And once again, they have fed they have fed the poison to Alabama. The type of poison that Nick Saban enjoys eating on. And where's Nick Saban? They fed us the poison and it tasted good. So why would you want to feed Alabama that poison again by making Georgia the favorite? 
when we've seen how that outcome was before. Let's just hope that it's not one of those nine to six ball games like we've seen before when it was a SEC title game in the national title. But anyway, yes. I heard something very interesting in regards to John Harbaugh. And why would it be or is it Jim Harbaugh? Jim Harbaugh. And some of the things that were said was, well, he hasn't won a national title. It's Jim Harbaugh. He hasn't won a national title. He's a college guy, but he's also an NFL guy. There are two jobs of interest that I think that Jim Harbaugh could actually take. One, because they have young quarterbacks, and you can groom and shape them. And if you look at what Jim Harbaugh did in his brief stint in the NFL, the 49ers were an absolute atrocious mess before he got there. He also had Alex Smith as his quarterback. Then they also had Colin Kaepernick. People say things start to fade. Yeah, Kaepernick's career faded, not under Harbaugh, but under Chip Kelly, who was ran out of Philadelphia, bottom line, straight up. Look at what Jim Harbaugh did in his brief time with the 49ers. Got them to the Super Bowl. With Colin Kaepernick as his quarterback. Not an Aaron Rodgers. Not a Tom Brady. Colin freaking Kaepernick got them to a Super Bowl. He goes to the college, goes back to the college ranks. I mean, if I mean for let me see here. How can I do this? If you want to look at his credentials. I mean, it's very plain. What he did at Stanford, what he's done at multiple stops where he played at. He's been a winner everywhere he's went. I mean, basically, his coaching career basically looks like this. If you look at college game, all right. So far at Michigan. In 2020, they were, they played six games. They only won two. Of course, that was the COVID season.
what I'm going to do right here I am going to give you y would be a good fit for bears. Then I'm going to let you listen to something from Colin Cowherd on what he had to say, which actually makes a lot of sense. So why would Jim Harbaugh be a great fit as Bears' next head coach? Well, the Chicago Bears are less than a week away from beginning their search for their next head coach as Matt Nagy is expected to be fired following Sunday's season finale. Now, what I will say is don't hold your breath on that. It's probably almost a sure thing, but don't hold your breath because he was also supposed to be fired after Thanksgiving Day. So I'm not going to believe it until it actually happens. What the Bears have shown me, their organization have shown me thus far this year is expect the unexpected. And don't believe anything until it actually happens. While there are questions about other potential changes beyond head coach, this offseason is going to be an important one to help the Bears on the right track. There are a number of coaching candidates who have already been linked with the Bears, including Byron Leftwich. And we saw his reaction when asked about possible coaching position he got up and walked out of the press room don't blame him i'm gonna say this about you media guys and i'm pretty sure there are some in the media that are listening to me on this podcast but y'all need to know when and where and how to ask questions to coaches regarding possible moves at the end of a game is not the time because your emotions are still high and you still think about the game that just ended. Find a different time to ask those questions. Otherwise, you're going to be left looking embarrassed. And rightfully so. Yes, I said it. Rightfully so. Me, I'm not in the media, so I can say these things. But there is a new name. So here are the names, including Byron Leftwich, Josh McDaniels, Brian DeBall, and Leslie Frazier. But There's a name being linked to the Bears in Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh, who is contemplating a return to the NFL. Chicago makes a ton of sense as a landing spot for Harbaugh. And to me, I see that's not the only landing spot that makes sense. Now, as a little side note, as I was listening to talk radio last night, there's a particular recruit that Michigan is going after. Can't think of his name right now. But parents wanted Jim Harbaugh to talk to their pastor. Interesting, huh? I guess they figure if he talks to the pastor, he can't lie to him. I mean, I mean some people will lie to a preacher. But I guess... As a feeding gesture, Harbaugh obliged to talk with the pastor, and I guess the question was asked, are you going to be in Michigan, or are you thinking about a return to the NFL? And Jim Harbaugh, being honest with him, said, look, I am thinking about a move to the NFL. So at least he's honest. 
especially in a world where we've seen coaches just up and move before the season is over. Lincoln Riley did it. So much to the tune that now Lincoln Riley has a nickname called Tebow. And it's not Tebow spelled T-E-B-O-W. It's T-B-O-W. And all I can say is it refers to that out west. You figure out what the pause is. But there's a new name being linked to the Bears and Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh who is contemplating return to the NFL. Chicago makes a ton of sense as a landing spot for Harbaugh. Here's why Harbaugh would be a great fit as the Bears' next head coach. After taking a swing on an inexperienced head coach in Nagy, perhaps the best bet for the Bears would be to bring in someone who's already been an NFL head coach. If Harbaugh were to become available, he'd easily be the best option on the market. Harbaugh has found plenty of success at the NFL level during his time with the San Francisco 49ers. In four years with the 49ers, Harbaugh compiled a 44-19-1 record and a Super Bowl appearance in his second season. He's someone who has NFL connections and would be able to bring in some solid coordinators to run the show. Offseason should be about prioritizing hopeful franchise quarterback Justin Fields. And that starts with getting the right head coach in place who understands how to put him in the best position to succeed. Harbaugh has experienced coaching a quarterback with a similar skill set at Fields in Colin Kaepernick, who was the QB during San Francisco's Super Bowl run. Most importantly, Harbaugh is someone who knows who to cater to his quarterback strengths whether it's Kaepernick in San Francisco, Andrew Luck at Stanford, or Kay McNamara at Michigan. Plus, Harbaugh has already seen what Fields can do during his time at Ohio State, especially after Harbaugh's Wolverines got blasted by the Buckeyes 56-27 in 2019. A couple of years ago, a report surfaced from ESPN NFL analyst Jim Trotter that the Bears would be Harbaugh's dream job which would make sense given Harbaugh started his playing career in Chicago, where he played for the team in night, from 1987 to 1993. Harbaugh also understands exactly what it means to be a quarterback in Chicago and the history of the Bears franchise. Harbaugh's draw to his former teams, including Michigan, where he served as their head coach for the last seven years, shouldn't be ignored. So those are some of the reasons why Harbaugh would be a good fit in Chicago. So we're looking at the fact that he was successful at Stanford, successful at Michigan, finally got them into the college football playoffs. And yeah, it seemed like the timing of it would be bad, but it could be no worse than Lincoln Riley just bolting before the season is over to run the USC. Couldn't be no worse than Brian Kelly uprooting from Notre Dame to take the LSU job. I mean, these things happen. At least Jim Harbaugh didn't play this game during the season. 
making it a distraction. I mean, it could have become a distraction right around Thanksgiving when they were talking about Matt Nagy being fired after the Thanksgiving game, regardless of if they win or lose. But that didn't happen. So now the season's over. Now you could talk about, yes, there's a possibility I may be on my way back to the NFL. And at least he's being honest. Especially when you, in today's era and culture, which we're in now with NIL, players hitting the transfer portal, you still have some coaches that have the audacity to say they don't like the portal because it gives these kids the, boy, hell, you coaches do the same thing. You tell these kids I'm going to be here for you, then all of a sudden you pull a overnight move. So basically what you're saying is it's good for the coach to uproot on the drop of a dime, but a player can't hit a portal. So I have to say, in regards, kudos to one Jim Harbaugh. At least he is being honest. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to play this sound clip from Colin Cowherd, just one of two of them. And then when I come back, I'll get into some more talk. I want to start off with some Jim Harbaugh and this rumor of him possibly going back to the NFL, which I think now it could be a foregone conclusion that he is NFL bound. And how ironic, he got to coach Michigan, which was probably his college dream job. And having played at Chicago, knowing Chicago, knowing what's expected, even if I thought that maybe the Jacksonville job would be the good job for him with another young quarterback, maybe Chicago is the best and the only option for Jim Harbaugh. Play this clip from Colin Cowherd, and after that, I'll be right back. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor. Anthony Smith. He could get any NFL job he that's available right now, and he should be the number one choice. But he never won a championship. Oh, God, that's a bad, dumb guy argument. Either Sean McVay. If Belichick left tomorrow and McVay said, I want the Patriots job, he'd have it. Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. He's not great. Barkley didn't win a title. He's not great. Get over it. Jordan didn't win a title until Pippen. You can't judge everything on there are context and nuance and layers. Jim Arbaugh won 69% of his games in the NFL, 44 and 19. 69% better than Andy Reid, better than Parcells, better than Pete Carroll, better than Belichick. And he didn't have Brady. He had Colin Kaepernick and Alex Smith. The Niners had not had a winning season in eight years. They were terrible. They were the Jets now. He walked in, three playoff runs, Super Bowl. He leaves, they're awful. Stop arguing about championships. You just, you might as well just put a big loser on your forehead. Nobody that I know that's successful judges successful people based on, you've got to be number one in the world. Los Angeles has 25,000 real estate agents. 
You have to be the number one real estate agent in Los Angeles to be smart and successful. Being number one is timing and breaks and who's your quarterback. Belichick can't win without Brady. <laughs> His Patriot team, eh, they're not going there to that team's not going to the Super Bowl. Matt Castle with Belichick cannot go to the Super Bowl. Belichick fired in Cleveland. They couldn't get the right quarterback. Kaepernick to a Super Bowl. And and because he didn't have a succession plan and he was losing trust in that quarterback, Kaepernick, like he and Balky's, it just got worse and worse and worse. And he knew he could get the Michigan job and he took it. It's the A-Train Sports Talk podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. Wanting to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right. Driven by you, the listener. So if you want to advertise or sponsor a segment, simply reach out to me at 316-553-2010 or hit me up at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com to get your ad or sponsorship ran on this podcast. Once again, the train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. You're listening to the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Buckle up and enjoy the ride. at you once again and hope you have enjoyed the ride thus far on the A-Train Sports Talk podcast. Yes, open up with a little bit of some Jim Harbaugh news. You heard a little bit about what Colin Cowherd had to say. As a matter of fact, Colin Cowherd has a little bit more to say about that, so we're going to let him have his say. And then when I get back from that, we're going to shift around to the college football playoff. So let's get into what else Colin Cowherd had to say. I mean, they were all his first two years at Michigan. He won 10 games. Brady Hoke, they were winning six and nobody was showing up. So, but here's the second thing why I believe in this because I think he would be the number one choice. I would hire him in Jacksonville tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. I don't care if they already had a college coach. I don't care. That, if you draft a cornerback and he's no good, I can't draft a cornerback the following year. Like they're separate people. Urban's not Jim Harbaugh. Urban didn't even watch the NFL for years. He, it, Urban told me many times, I don't even watch Sunday football. Harbaugh played in it, watched it, coached in it. It was good in all of it. So I don't give a rip about, well, Urban didn't. Who cares? Urban wasn't an NFL guy. Harbaugh was. He's in the ring of honor for the Colts. He was a pro bowler. The second thing in why I believe this is, and I have strong feelings about this. You know I'm into player mobility. I'm into paying college players. I'm into the transfer portal. But some of the media in this America are just unrealistic. College football is a circus. It's an $8 billion a year business. It's got no CEO. 
All you do-gooders love the transfer portal. In season, out of season, I mean, even the NFL is like there's restrictions on some player movement. You can go anywhere, anytime, any team. It's like there's no restrictions. Even the NFL has a salary cap. I mean, the NIL is just a wild, wild west. A car dealer's like, I'll give a million dollars for that. You, you can't have a country. We can't live in a country where all 50 states do whatever they want. You have to have structure in a government. The NFL's got structure. You can make $500 million if it fits within the salary cap. And you have, otherwise it would just be Stan Kroenke would buy all the good players. He's the richest owner. You have to have, and in college football, of course, Alabama or an Ohio State can pay more than Oregon State. There's got to be some structure on the NIL or the haves are going to, and they're already pulling away. Do you want it to be even greater? So I'm for paying players, but you need structure. I'm for transferring. Maybe in season you shouldn't be. Is that reasonable? You got players bailing on bowls. I support mobility. But in the NFL, you can't just bail on a team in a playoff. There is no structure in college football. Jimmy Sexton, an agent, has more control than Mark Emmert, who runs the NCAA. So now I guess you're wondering. If you're Jim Harbaugh, and if you are going to make that jump back to the NFL, and based on what you heard Collins say, and if it came down to it, would you rather take the Jacksonville job or would you rather take the Chicago job? I mean, you heard it. All right. Jacksonville hired a guy from the television booth based on his college track record. A guy that said he does not watch Sunday football. And I can guarantee you, if that be the case, since his demise, since his early departure, what do you bet that Urban Meyer, even as today is probably either watching a game today or we'll be watching a game tomorrow. You had a guy that knew nothing of the NFL compared to a guy that if you take him on, knows more about the NFL than this guy could probably ever forget about. And if you're Jim Harbaugh, do you want to go into that job, go into that whirlwind? I mean, yes, you have a young quarterback, one you can work with, just like you did when you was in San Francisco, when you worked with Colin Kaepernick. Or you can go to Chicago and work with a Justin Fields, a guy you know because you played against him, you coached against him. But there's a difference. Jacksonville hired a guy that didn't know squat, basically, about Sunday football, who didn't watch Sunday football, who hadn't played Sunday football, as opposed to, Jim Harbaugh, who played the game, coached the game, knows the game, still has connections within the game, can probably build a staff, can probably have Chicago making a deep run in the playoffs. If all the counts, if he did it in San Francisco, who's to say he couldn't do it in Chicago? Whereas with Jacksonville, it may take you, well, I don't know, they may have some pieces outside of Trevor Lawrence, maybe. Jim Harbaugh can get in there and pull some strings, pull off some good trades, get some good draft picks. I mean, you got uh, a Tyson Etienne coming back off an injury. 
maybe shore up your offensive line so Trevor Lawrence can stay upright and won't be viewed as the defensive lineman or looking at him laying on his back. I mean, what team has the most pieces to succeed almost immediately? Because that's the society in which we live in. Win now or lose your job. And what kind of culture are you creating in the locker room? Apparently, maybe Urban Meyer wasn't a good fit for today's pro athletes. And the way he's looking, he might not be a good fit for today's college athletes based on some other reports that are coming out. But I'll get to that a little bit later. If you're Jim Harbaugh, if you have two jobs, won't you? Which one do you take? Take Jacksonville or do you take Chicago? I'll put it out like this on my podcast. I'm going to make a bold prediction that the next coach of the Chicago Bears, barring he decides to stay in Michigan, the next coach of the Chicago Bears will be, even with all the candidates listed, the next coach of the Chicago Bears will be Jim Harbaugh. Jim will be basically be given the keys to the city. If not the keys to the city, at least the keys to the Ferrari. Next coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, if he wants it, which I don't see why, would most likely be Byron Leftwich. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. It's yours truly, Anthony Smith. I'm going to go ahead and take another break here. When I come back, I'm going to get into some college football news. So stay buckled in. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. We're still building up steam. You're on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. Sports Talk Podcast. And yes, we do have the college football national title game coming up. But you know me, I don't always stick with even my own script. I just happen to stick with the script that is convenient or I think is best for the show at the time. And what I'm going to do now is look at a couple of things here. So this may be a lengthy segment. 
it may be take the full a lot of time. There's two things I want to look at. Jackson State's James Houston backs Marcus Williamson. If you need to hear that story. And also, HBCU Combine 2022 to give stars a chance to shine. So, let's just go ahead and dive right back into this. And I hope you enjoyed the first segment or so because we went kind of heavy on a little bit of Jim Harbaugh news there. So the first thing I'm going to look at, in case you haven't really been keeping abreast, Jackson State's James Houston backs Marcus Williamson. And it's amazing how things come out after the fact. And sometimes you wonder why it doesn't come out at the time. But there's probably reasons that it doesn't come out at the time. But either way it goes, it's still not a good look. Anyway, former Ohio State University player Marcus Williamson recently spoke out on several racist happenings in the football program. Most notable was his claim that head coach Urban Meyer used a photo of the late Trayvon Martin to scare the athletes into not wearing hoodies sparked the most conversation. On January 1, Williamson tweeted, My first team meeting, true story, 2017, This photo was presented to us via PowerPoint to institute our building-wide rule of no hoods in the building. And the photo was a picture of Trayvon Martin in a hoodie. The photo attached to the tweet was of Martin, a teen murdered in 2012 after being racially profiled in a hoodie. Williamson's father, Marlon, took to Twitter to defend his son's claims and mentioned other ways Marcus was mistreated. Marcus played through frequent shoulder separations, Marlon Williamson said. When we were finally made aware of the injury and took him to get a second opinion, the surgeon showed us the MRI and said he couldn't believe Marcus was able to get dressed, let alone play Big Ten football. Marcus was lucky he didn't suffer a damaged nerve or lose the use of his arm. Jackson State linebacker James Houston responded to the Marlon Williamson tweet. Defending his own son, defending his son's claims, Houston played in the SEC at the University of Florida for three years before transferring to JSU last season. It's crazy because this happens all over the country. Almost every Power Five institution, Houston wrote on Twitter. Houston said his experience at Jackson State was a setup for him to succeed, unlike what Marcus Williamson got at Ohio State, but it did not sacrifice my freedom or my identity, Houston wrote. Without any prejudice, they allowed me to be the best version of me. So, there you have some more misdealings of what went on under the tutelage and watch of Urban Meyer. Moving right along, as I said, the combine. HBCU Combine 2022 give stars a chance to shine. The 2022 HBCU Combine list is out as the players on the list prepare to show NFL scouts 
what they've got. The Senior Bowl announced the list for the for its HBCU Combine, which includes players from both Division One and Division Two. The SWAC led the way with 19 players invited overall. Three programs that had three players selected, Alcorn State, South Carolina State, and Virginia State. The 2022 HBCU Combine presented by Microsoft Surface will be held on Friday, January 28th, and Saturday, January 29th at the University of South Alabama Jaguar Training Facility in Mobile, Alabama. So here's a list of attendees. 2022 HBCU Combine invitees. D. Anderson, tight end, Alabama A&M. Akil Glass, I hope that kid gets a shot. Quarterback, Alabama A&M. Ezra Gray, running back, Alabama State. Felix Harper, quarterback, Alcorn State. Juwan Taylor, Alcorn State. Solomon White, Solomon Wise, outside linebacker, Alcorn State. Josh Wilkes, wide receiver, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Keyshawn Williams, running back, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff. Untrue Johnson, outside linebacker, Bethune-Cookman. Jamal Sabat, offensive tackle, Bethune-Cookman. Trey Gross, wide receiver, Delaware State. Kawana Coley, wide receiver, Delaware State. Elvin De La Rosa, DS, Fayetteville State. Keyshawn James, defensive end, Fayetteville State. Antoine Collier, DS, FAMU. Keenan Forbes, offensive guard, FAMU. Shamar Bridges, wide receiver, Fort Valley State. <clears throat> James Fagan, defensive tackle, Hampton. Jeff Jet Duffy, quarterback, Hampton. Keith Corbin, wide receiver, Jackson State. Kingston Davis, running back, Miles. Jerry Garner, outside linebacker, Mississippi Valley. Jawan Carter, quarterback, Norfolk State. Chris Myers, outside linebacker, Norfolk State. Corey Banks, wide receiver, North Carolina A&T. Rob Hunt, wide receiver, North Carolina A&T. Jermaine Martin, running back, NC State, North Carolina A&T. Juwan Pass, quarterback, Prairie View. Chad Gilchrist, inside linebacker, South Carolina State. Zafira Kelly, D.C., South Carolina State. Will Vereen, wide receiver, South Carolina State. Marquise McLean, wide receiver, Southern. Ladarius Skelton, quarterback, Southern. Cam Durley, offensive tackle, Tennessee State. Corey Raymond, DS, Tennessee State. Jonathan Giles, wide receiver, Texas Southern. Jeff Proctor, running back, Texas Southern. Will Adams, D.S. Virginia State. Javon Frazier, outside linebacker, Virginia State. Zachary Wilcox, offensive tackle, Virginia State. So there's the name and list of invitees. And how about some more news 
concerning. HBCU. As Jackson State continues to add more, such as should be led, to their roster. Jackson State, for the second year in a row, took a major advantage of early national signing day. Jackson State pulled off the biggest news of the day in the college football world as it pulled in a commitment from Travis Hunter, the top-rated player in the 2022 class. Had initially committed to Florida State before flipping to Deion Sanders and JSU. While that was the biggest news of the day, it was far from JSU's only big signing. The Tigers added beef on the defensive line with the addition of three-star Josh Griffiths. Griffiths was part of the 2020 recruiting class for Florida State before entering the transfer portal in August. He signs after a stint at IMG Academy. JSU pulled in six FBS transfers, including a pair of Indiana wide receivers in Cameron Buckley and Jordan Williams. Williams played for Sanders with Shadur Sanders at Trinity Christian. Evan Henry is headed to JSU from the University of Louisiana Monroe. The offensive guard was rated as a three-star coming out of high school. Former Florida Atlantic University edge Jason Mercer is headed to JSU as well as Michael Pless, a safety from Southern Miss. Rounding out the day one hall was Mark Pope, a former wide receiver for the Miami Hurricanes. Pope caught 52 passes for 680 yards and four touchdowns while at Miami before entering the transfer portal. The transfer portal has yielded solid results for JSU so far, including James Houston, Malachi Weidman, Aubrey Miller, and others. It will hope for similar success with this group as well. So there you have a lot more going on on the HBCUC scene. So what I'm going to do here is give you this other piece of news because if you don't think that the HBCU, especially the football playing field, if you don't think that is vastly becoming a coach's league now, you better guess again because let's take a look here. Hugh Jackson. I know some of y'all remember that name. Anyway, Hugh Jackson and Grambling State hit the ground running after getting hired in December and it's starting to pay off big time. In a matter of 24 hours, Grambling State University snagged commitments from a former Big 12 running back and a three-star prospect out of rival Southern University's backyard. Former Nebraska running back Maurice Washington has committed to playing for GSU. Washington was a four-star running back out of Cedar Hill, Texas in 2018. He played the 2018 and 2019 season at Nebraska. He finished 455 rushing yards on and 221 receiving yards, averaging 5.9 yards per carry and scored three touchdowns with a receiving touchdown to boot. Washington played in seven games the following season, rushing for 298 yards with an average of six yards per carry. He caught 12 passes for 162 yards and two scores that year as well. Washington would be removed from the team that October and pled, pleaded no contest to the felony charge or possession of a video of a person under 18 engaging in or simulated sexual conduct. 
He was also charged with a misdemeanor for sharing a recording without the person's consent. He entered the transfer portal in 2020. Hugh Jackson and company also secured the services of Chance Williams of Scotland, Scotlandville High School in Baton Rouge. Williams is listed as a three-star prospect by 24-7 sports. Rated the 116th best running back in the country and the 58th best prospect in the state. He has offers from Memphis and South Alabama as well as Alcorn State. Williams was one of the first recruits Jackson offered when he got the job back in December. And receiving rewards. Isaiah Land wins the prestigious Buck Buchanan Award. Isaiah Land has become the first Florida A&M player and the second in SWAC history to take home the award for the top defender in the FCS. Land received the 2021 Stats Perform Buck Buchanan Award at the National Awards presentation Friday night. 27th annual award named the legendary Hall of Fame Named for the legendary Hall of Fame defensive lineman, Junius Buck Buchanan is presented to the National Defensive Player of the Year in Division I FCS. A 50-member national media panel selected the Buchanan winner from a group of 25 finalists following the regular season. The redshirt junior and combo defensive end outside linebacker came in first over linebackers Troy Anderson of Montana State and Patrick O'Connell of Montana. Isaiah Land racked up 25.5 tackles for loss, 147 yards in losses, 19 sacks, and 121 sack yards in losses, which all led the FCS totals during the regular season. The Southwest Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Year finished with 43 total tackles, including 32 solos, six quarterback hurries, three pass breakups, three forced fumbles, and one fumble recovery. Land's Award makes back-to-back honorees from the SWAC. Southern University's Jordan Lewis won the award during the spring 2021 football season. Three other HBCU players, James Houston of Jackson State, Marquise Bell of Florida A&M, and South Carolina State's Jacoby Durant, all were finalists as well. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and pause and take a break. And when I come back, I will be bringing the train into the station. So stay tuned. It's the A-Train Sports Talk Podcast. Your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. A Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith, wanting to let you know that this podcast is listener supported. That's right, driven by you, the listener. So if you want to advertise or sponsor a segment, simply reach out to me at 316 553 2010 
or hit me up at a.trainsportstalk at gmail.com to get your ad or sponsorship rant on this podcast. Once again, A Train Sports Talk Podcast, your host and conductor, Anthony Smith. You're on board the A-Train Sports Talk podcast with your conductor, Anthony Smith. Enjoy the ride. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to my final segment as we get ready to bring the train into the station. But I'm not going to leave you hanging like I've done in times past. If I say I'm going to talk about something, I'm going to talk about it. So, turning the tide. Let you know what I'm going to talk about right there. George Bulldog says past disappointments against Alabama is fueling their preparation for Monday's national championship showdown. My question is, can they overcome the fact that the media is feeding Nick Saban the poison that he likes to eat, that he likes to drink, that he likes to partake in? You know, the poison that has Georgia favored, and he just eats that up, and his players respond to it? Well, anyway, for the past month, Georgia players have been asked repeatedly about what it is going to take to get past Alabama. So predictably, the questions came again Saturday during virtual media day as the Bulldogs prepared to play the Crimson Tide. Once again, this time in the college football playoff national championship game on Monday night. Since Kirby Smart arrived at Georgia for the 2016 season, the Bulldogs are 0-4 against Alabama. That includes a disappointing 41-24 performance in the SEC championship game on December the 4th as the favorite and the number one ranked team in the country, which only furthered the questions about what it will take for the Bulldogs to beat the team that has dominated their series in recent years. When asked whether he was tired from getting questions about their record against Alabama, Georgia offensive tackle Jamari Sek. Salier said it was definitely motivation. I wouldn't say tired of it, Salier said. It's the truth. You can't really run away from the truth. That's what it is. That's our record. But we're not trying to make it an emotional thing where you go out playing with emotions. You want to be calm, collected. We're good enough at what we do. The record has been the record, but This is a new game coming up, a different game, different environment, one different than I've ever played in. The stakes are different. We want to play this game, not worry about the last few. Sawyer mentioned Georgia needs to replicate the intensity it showed in the CFP semifinal at the Capital One Orange Bowl against Michigan, a dominant 34-11 victory that got the Bulldogs to the national championship game. Georgia ran for 190 yards against Michigan and controlled the clock. 
something it was unable to do against Alabama in the SEC championship game. When we're on the same page, we're a very dominant offensive line, Salyer said. Not too many teams can mess with us. Just being on the same page, understanding the game plan, and executing it at a high clip, and just play it with the same intensity. That's what it comes down to, to impose our will and take over the game. Georgia defensive lineman Jordan Davis said the performance against Alabama in the SEC championship game was a wake-up call, reminding players they have not arrived yet. He had, he said he has spent the past month working on his conditioning, in addition to spending more time watching tape. I try not to let things get to me and affect me like that. But that game, it definitely stung a little bit. But we knew we had a new opportunity. And with new opportunities, you have a chance to be different, David said. So I took that chance, and definitely it will pay off for me tenfold because I feel better, my body feels better, and I'm just ready to showcase that on Monday. Davis also said he was working on ways to help contain Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. In the SEC championship game, Georgia did not have a sack or create a turnover. Young threw for 421 yards and three touchdowns and rushed for 40 yards. Davis said Georgia defensive players have started calling Young the gingerbread man because of his elusiveness. I've been going against wide receivers in our quarterback rodeo drill in practice so trying to track down a receiver who is shifty, and I'm a defensive lineman, it takes a lot of skill and a lot of practice, David said. It teaches you to track the hips. We've just been tracking hips all practice, and definitely this go-around, we'll try to contain him and get him. David specifically noted the time between games has allowed Georgia to work on what it can do better. It's not even about Alabama. It's really about working on ourselves and getting that mental peace and getting that mental getting that mental hurdle over this game is a lot more mental than physical and these teams are pretty much evenly matched when it comes to personnel and physicality honestly the sec it was down to mental execution it was a couple of plays that we busted and they got big plays on this week we've been working hard it's definitely about pushing yourself to the next level this is for all the glory so if you're not pushing yourself to the absolute limit then what are you here for it was the same message that Salyer delivered, making the necessary adjustments while also realizing this is a chance to change the narrative that persists. That's what it comes down to, is just making the adjustments, understanding that there are different stakes, Salyer said. It's just different, and we understand that it's something we really want and things can be different this time. It doesn't have to be the same narrative over and over again. We control our destiny, not nobody else, not the media, not Alabama. We control our destiny, and that's how we want it. So, who's your take? Alabama? Georgia? Is it going to be sweet home Alabama? Or is it going to be Georgia on my mind? Well, that's going to do it for me. Hope you have enjoyed the ride. Until the next time, take care of yourself and each other. Pulling the train into the station. Enjoy your weekend.
enjoy some football. I'll see you again next time. This is yours truly, the conductor, Anthony Smith.